0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. It was the summer of 2020. The murder of George Floyd sparked a national rec- racial reckoning. And it was then that many companies, realizing a need for cultural competency and inclusivity, started scrambling. It was clear they were going to need all the help that they could get. What happened next was not entirely unpredictable. Black people, particularly Black women, were thrust into positions of leadership and expected to bring about change. But a lack of support double standards and impossible goals of one black executive to miraculously right industry wrongs or fix a company's broken culture has led to a phenomenon known as the glass cliff. And black girl magic only goes so far. These women are often left burnt out, aren't afforded the same grace as their white male counterparts, and they wind up on the verge of exiting the field. So how do we set these leaders up for success? Joining us here in studio is L'Oreal Thompson-Payton, a health and wellness reporter for Fortune. Welcome back to Reset. Thank you so much for having me. And on the line, we've got Kyra Kyle, CEO of YR Media and former editor-in-chief and senior vice president of digital editorial at Ebony Magazine. Welcome, Kyra.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: I'm going to start with you, L'Oreal. There's so much more to this idea of the glass cliff that i just described but you wrote on this for fortune recently i want you to first break down that analogy for us what what are we seeing with women facing these situations in the workplace what's this glass cliff
2: yeah so the glass cliff is similar in relation to its cousin called the glass ceiling and we all know that metaphor about you know you get so far and then just can't get Over, you know, that burden, that hill, whatever that might be, that obstacle to climbing in your career and enjoy all of that success. So the glass cliff, on the other hand, is where, you know, there is, um, that support you're brought in. Like, okay, you know, here are the tools and we're going to set you up for success. But in reality, oftentimes it ends up being a setup for failure for people from marginalized communities, especially. And. Mm -hmm. And definitely black women as well that we saw after the racial reckoning
0: of 2020. And I, I want to drive this point home before we get any further, L'Oreal. There might be people listening mm-hmm. and they're thinking, of course, there's a lot of pressure when you put anyone in a leadership gig. What's the difference here for women, particularly black women? The
2: difference is that we aren't given the same grace, as you mentioned before, as our white counterparts. So you see what happened with WeWork and Adam Newman and how that was a disaster. (laughs) And then this year even is like, but here's 350 million to go and do your next project. Black women. Oftentimes, we don't get second chances. And so that first chance, we have to make the most of it. Shonda Rhimes talks about being the first, the only, the different. And we saw after the summer of 2020 in particular, this drive to bring in diverse hires. Everyone wanted to be diverse and equitable, and it looks so trendy and cool on social media. But in reality, they brought in those people, they brought in these black women, but they didn't give them the tools that they needed, the resources, the money financially and everything else that they needed to actually thrive in those positions. Yeah.
0: Kyra, let's let's bring you in here in the latter part of your career. You have gone from editor in chief to a CEO. Talk about your personal experience with this glass cliff.
1: Yes, yeah, certainly. I I I hate the fact that we're still discussing this in 2022 going into 2023, but right. here we are, right? So, yes, I I've taken positions of of leadership even before coming to Wire Media where I do feel that I'm supported as a, a Black woman leader. Uh but I have been put in a position where things were in shambles and then I was brought in and I was expected not only to persevere but to do it in half the time. So, People expect you to be able to right the wrongs of equity. They expect you to be able to deliver on budget. They're just very unrealistic expectations. And to L'Oreal's point, as we both discussed, we work when we don't, we're not allowed to fail up. And I came into my role during a pandemic knowing that black women, uh, women leaders of color, period, within philanthropy are often underfunded just because of who they are. Mm. And so I came into my organization wondering, knowing that I can do it, but also wondering would who I am? impact the young people that we're trying to help and lift up. And that was actually a concern for me that, it, that there should not have been.
0: How did you cope in the moment, Kyra, once you realized what was happening, that this extra burden was suddenly on your shoulders?
1: I... Have dealt with this my entire career, unfortunately, so I'm accustomed to it. And what I've done in response, and I'm not suggesting that everyone can do that because everybody has a different temperament. I really just don't accept it. Sasha, I don't accept it. You can ask L'Oreal, she can verify. Mm -hmm. What I do is (laughs) I come in there like I am Adam Newman. Hey, give me the resources. This is what I can do. These are my capabilities and capacity. You entrusted me with this, but you also need to give me the support and resources that I need. And if you don't, I'm not going to work until 3 a.m., 4 a.m. to get things together for you because I just, I'm not asking you for any favors, but I'm definitely not looking to be treated as lesser than.
0: L'Oreal, what has your professional life been like since 2020? Were you one of the many folks who Did some sort of shift or change?
1: Oh, did I? (laughs) I was
2: definitely part of the Great Resignation. Um, Summer 2020, I was still in education, nonprofits, doing communications and PR work. I missed being in the newsroom. And so I took a leap of faith, honestly, and left that role and did full-time freelancing for about a year and a half until landing at Fortune. And it's been Not without, you know, a lot of the support from women like Kyra and other black women in my life and my career who have seen something in me. My current editor at Fortune, even she slid into my DMs at LinkedIn And was like, hey, there's this role. Would you be interested? Like, Fortune wasn't on my radar. It's a business publication. And traditionally, it's not something that has been created with Black women in mind. So I was very curious about what that would look like. And Mm -hmm. I'm really proud of the work that we've done so far in bringing in more of that diversity into the health and wellness vertical that we own,
0: but as well as the business publication as a whole. Yeah. And Kyra, it sounds like that knee-jerk reaction to place black women in these leadership roles during crisis. In many ways, this is problematic, right? How do you think uh, employers should approach making a more proactive change in in workplace culture?
1: First of all, do not bring us in for cleanup for obvious problematic reasons. I think that's the the major (laughs) piece. Step one, don't bring us in for cleanup. And if we are brought in for cleanup, provide additional time, additional resources, L'Oreal pointed out through through her really important beat that mental wellness is also important. Provide us with the supports and scaffolds, and, and that's at every level of of the organization that we don't often get. We're not part of the good old boys club. We don't have nepotism often that we can rely on in order to advance. So we do need those additional supports, and it's nothing to be ashamed of, and it's something that we should be able to vocalize without being afraid that we'll be looked at as weak or inapt or unable to rise to the challenge all I'm asking for like I said give me the Elon Musk treatment I just want to come in <laughs> what did he say well, I'm going to do a bunch of dumb things I wish I would dare oh, to tell someone that I was about to do a bunch never, of dumb things could never
0: could, could never, never. You, you brought up mental health I, I want to go there next how does mental health fit into all this and I'd love to hear from both of you continue Kyra
1: Mental health is important because it is basically the infrastructure of you being able to do anything. And what I do love about what's happened within the pandemic is there is more emphasis on that. In our organization, we have headspace. We have health supports for people. We you know, try to invest more in that because now it's something that's more openly talked about and discussed, which is very important. So it's not good just to say, let's give people support because that's a really kind of gray term. It doesn't mean anything. What specifically are you going to do? And I think mental health is at the crux of that, supporting your mental wellness, because that's the only way you will be able to function.
2: Yeah. L'Oreal? So interestingly enough, today is... I took a mental health day. <laughs>
0: um, to but be here. when you call, yeah, well, we're going <laughs> to talk some Black Panther stress.
2: after. <laughs> <laughs> my husband's right outside the studio. We're on a day date. Um, oh, and, oh, you know, cute. squeeze a little work in there, but it's critical that you take time. And especially in my role, I think as a health and wellness reporter, it's even more important that. I practice what I preach. And so what does it look like me burning out reporting on health and wellness? And especially as a black woman in digital media, media as a whole, Mm -hmm. there is a lot thrown at us. There is that, you know, old adage of having to work twice as hard to get half as much. And I'm trying my best (laughs) because we're undoing 35 years of internalizing that to undo that learning and just really advocate for my time to take my time because no one's going to give it to you. It's very much, you know, Maxine Waters said reclaiming my time and you have to because no one else is going to do that for you. And especially for us as black women, it is critical because we do carry the weight of the world on our
0: shoulders, whether we want to or not. I would agree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just joining us, we're talking about uh, a concept in professional industries called the glass cliff. Primarily, it's when black women are given positions of leadership in companies with long-standing issues and they're expected to fix things. Overnight, we're speaking with YR Media CEO Kyra Kyles and Fortune's L'Oreal Thompson-Payton. L'Oreal, you mentioned your husband. I got to go here. We've been focused in this conversation on black women, Mm -hmm. right? Any idea what the experience or any thoughts on what the experience has been like for black men who may have also been recently put in these leadership roles, especially after 2020?
2: Yeah, I can only imagine, right? Because there is on the one hand, it's something about being a black woman, because you're other in both experience. The default for male is white. (laughs) The default for black tends to be men. And so we're kind of over here on our own, but at least we're talking about it, right? We're having an open dialogue. We're being very transparent and vulnerable because A, we've created those spaces for us to do so. And B, that's like part of our survival, this sisterhood and the communication about it and just kind of like, figuring it out together. So there's that part. And I think we're getting there with black men. There's black men, um, you know, we have therapy for black girls, there's therapy for black men. So the conversations are coming about, but I don't know if there is that opportunity to be, vulnerable like we are right now, Mm -hmm. um, because you still have to, as far as like, as much as we need to be the strong black woman, there is the strong black men as well. And so there, I think is perhaps maybe even a little bit less grace for them to at least talk openly about what they're going through and Mm -hmm. to have these candid conversations and try to find
0: the solutions together. Kyra, what are you doing as CEO of your organization to be proactive in changing the culture?
1: Well, the first thing I'm going to do is say that I'm being proactive about being proactive, but admitting that we are not at the finish line or anywhere close. We are fortunate in that I came into an organization that was already extremely diverse. About 80% of our staff is BIPOC. Even then, we still have to look at how are people being promoted, how are people being seen, how are people having agency even if they don't have a certain title, and how are we hearing them, and how are we acting upon what they're asking for? The young people we serve are also about 80% BIPOC, so it's very important from every level to do that. So it's really about putting structure into place so that people don't have to feel that the burden is all on themselves, as L'Oreal mentioned earlier, to ask for specific things. So we're trying to give things but also ask people what they actually want, not just make stuff mm-hmm. up. Like, hey, everybody, let's just have a diversity talk or have lunch and talk about race. No. Like, what what can we do that people <laughs> asked us to do so that we can improve the culture and keep improving the culture and never pat ourselves on the back like, mission accomplished. Even I, as a black woman leader, cannot say mission accomplished. So it kills me that other people at other organizations that are not like that are, comp- are just happy with mediocrity in that area yeah. or even worse.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm a mom of two black teenagers and um, teenage girls in-, in particular. You want to tell your children that they can do anything and they can be anything. Uh, the reality of how few of us there are, the higher you go, is very daunting, though. So, mm-hmm. so what should... Young women who aspire to be the next CEO. What should they know when it comes to what they're up against?
1: Did you want me to? Answer yes, that okay. yes, <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking. I'm yes, looking. at the CEO. You know, L'Oreal's <laughs> a boss too, so you know she could jump in there. Um, she will. You know. I will, I will say, you, I think just, just be bold, be fearless, but also be a caretaker of yourself. Don't feel that you have to go into situations where you are treated as lesser than, where you are othered, where you are treated in some cases maliciously. You mm-hmm. don't have to accept that. We don't have to absorb that anymore. We can fight back and we fight back together, but this, this society really needs to change. And I do have hope because we work with young people at Wired Media. I do see change. It's not fast enough, but it's still going. Like my mother sat in the colored section of a movie theater, and I'm a CEO at a nonprofit. So there is progress. But let's just not do, like I say, unfurl the mission accomplished, and hopefully by the time your daughters reach that age, We will be having a different conversation.
0: Yeah. And and L'Oreal, I talk with young journalists all the time. Right. Young black journalists, specifically when I talk with them, I try to be very real about the situation. And I I let them know that it's going to be an uphill battle to Mm -hmm. make sure that your voice is heard. Right. It it still is for me. Um, That doesn't mean that you need to stop or that you need to give up. What would you add to that? I mean, that's pretty much <laughs>
2: that's what I would tell them to. I mean, at my very first journalism job, I got literal handwritten hate mail because I was talking about Obama and gay marriage. And handwritten. It was handwritten. That's like you dedication. really sat down, wrote a letter, put a stamp on it. <laughs> they, <and> went, that. <laughs> they felt that with their heart of hearts. And I had an editor pull me in and he apologized. You know, this is a very conservative county in Maryland. Was like, I'm so sorry. And it was like, Okay, but it's not going to stop me. You know, I have a platform. I have a gift, if I dare so say, (laughs) and I'm going to use it. I'm going to use this platform to help other people because that's, like, my mission and if you believe that then no one can stop you. It's gonna be hard, like you said, it is an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. But there's people who are going to reach back and pull you along like Kyra did for me and like I've done for others. And so that's the only way we're gonna get ahead is by helping each other. There's room for more than one of us at the table, I think is something else we need to realize that community yeah. and collaboration over competition. Um but yeah, when we are when we join forces, there is nothing we can't do.
0: We'll leave it there. That is L'Oreal Thompson-Payton from Fortune Magazine and YR Media CEO Kyra Kiles. Thank you both. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for the time.
0: And we want to hear from you on your experiences. Anyone can chime in, but particularly if you're a black woman. Did that last conversation resonate with you? Have you faced the glass cliff? Have you felt unsupported in your current or your past leadership position? Call us. Share your story at 888-915-915. 9945. That's